Hey everyone, and welcome to the show. I'm Mike. And I'm Marty. And this is Two Guys, A League, and Some Guests. Let's get it started. We got a big show for you. Big show for you this week. Big Marty's hitters. back, guys. Yes, um, hello. You know, b- back from uh, a wedding last weekend. Uh, right. I'm sure you had uh, numerous alcoholic beverages, couple. and I'm sure you had a couple for me as well, or at least you should have. I did. Um, and if you and several. if you didn't, bad. That's that's bad. Thing. No, bad actually, thing. Lennon had several um, for you as well. <laughs> oh my God. Okay. No. Oh, perfect. We need to. We're gonna have to have a discussion with that kid. Um, <laughs> So as I said, big uh, big episode this week. Marty yes. Marty being back this week around the boards as usual. Uh, we have our second uh, second go around with our segment. Who are you? Mm-hmm. Uh, Marty and I will kind of give each other a little bit of a uh, situation, and uh, we will have to answer said situation. Uh, of course, check my fanny. Uh, we'll give you all the happenings in the CFHL. Some big wins uh, this week for uh, some teams. Yeah. Uh, not and and some big losses for some others. I don't know what Aside from that, of course, of, <laughs> of course, we will finish things off as we usually do with Beauties and the Beast. But you know what? Around the boards, let's get it going, Marty. We have got two banger teams to speak of this week. Absolutely. And we are going to start things off with the Dallas Stars. Oh, all right. We're starting. There. Oh, it's not in order according to the script, but go on. <laughs> oh, well then. I can always start with the no, Golden Knights if you'd like good. to. No, it's all good. Okay. Well, now you just get cats out of the bag now. <laughs> no, <it's>, <laughs> <laughs> Dallas Stars it is. And actually, quite frankly, that's a great place to start because they're and they for me personally coming into this season, you know, with some of the moves they did and and uh not many, but they did enough that I felt like, okay, they're gonna stay right there and, and stay competitive. They came out differently than I expected them to. They weren't losing necessarily. Mm-hmm. They were just more defensive-minded. Um, now they seem to have found a little bit of an offensive stride. Uh, things are clicking for them a little bit differently and still winning. Like, they never really looked bad, per se. Uh, it's, you know, season's still very short. This is only, uh, what, near to the end of November. But um, still an interesting, interesting team nonetheless because they're led by two variations of what the NHL is, old and new school. And uh, it's a perfect melding as far as it's concerned. If you're going to look at a, a team who does it very well in terms of mixing old and new, Dallas Stars has that blueprint down pretty firm. Like they're they're one of the best teams to actually do that. They know the right guys to to plug into those spots in terms of either an old player or a new player. Well, I mean, it's so funny that you mentioned it that way too, because yeah, like they were getting the job done, they were winning games, but it just kind of felt like they there was still another level for them to hit, right? Yeah. And I think we've kind of started to see that. The machine's really starting to churn now. Um, Of course, like you mentioned, Marty, uh, the defensive side of things has really kind of carried them uh, to start the year for sure. Um, I mean, they're they're ranked eighth defensively in the league at 2.75 goals against uh, per games played. The penalty kill is ranked third. They're uh, they're sitting at just above 89 at 89.1. Again, the offense is there. It, it's they're, they're not world beaters right now when it comes to uh, putting the puck in the net. They are 14th offensively in the league. They're scoring 3.38 goals for per games played. Um, so I mean, you know, you're you're almost getting to three and a half goals a game. It's not like you're uh, you're devoid of of goal scoring there. Um, 
obviously the the power play could use a little bit of work. A little you, bit. You know that that's gonna that's gonna come around too. They're ranked fourteenth right now at twenty point eight. But you know what? Again, things are starting to kind of settle a little bit here. We'll, we'll see the cream kind of rise to the top here a little bit. Um, but I mean, the record itself: eleven four and one, twenty three points. They have a seven nineteen points percentage. They have fifty four goals for and forty four against. That's a plus ten goal differential, which isn't surprising when it comes to the Dallas Stars. Um, what really got me is they're they're balanced, man. Like yeah. they're really really balanced. Um, going over some of the the roster uh, and and the, their scoring, uh, Pavelski leads a team seven eight for fifteen. Robertson at five ten for fifteen. Duchesne. Mm-hmm. I didn't real. I have to be honest with you. I didn't realize Duchesne was having that great of a year. Six eight 14 points on the year. Um, Wyatt Johnson. Yeah. Had a great rookie season. <clears throat> continuing things uh, in his sophomore year. Yeah. Seven goals, six assists for 13 points. Rupe Hintz has been a little bit slow. I know he's been, he's had a couple or he, he's been injured already this year. Yeah. He's sitting at six seven for 13. Sagan doing his thing, five goals, seven assists for 12 points. Ben with 12 points as well. Heiskinen, I own him. Would love to see him a little bit higher than that right now. But yeah. you know what? Double-digit double, d- double digit points so far this year. And I think it's like 16 or 17 games played. So 16, not, yeah. all, not far off. Has, has a big game, three or four-point night right back up there. Yeah. But again, like I said, it's a really balanced attack throughout the lineup. The group hasn't even hit their stride offensively yet, like Marty mentioned. I mean, just wait till these guys get cooking, right? Yeah, exactly. Uh, Ottinger, Ottinger's doing Oof. Ottinger things, playing some solid hockey, 8-3-1. and one. Uh, The peripheral numbers are, are quite decent. I mean, in all reality, the goals against average. For Ottinger, you would expect it to be a little bit lower. He's at 2.50 uh, goals against average. That's not bad whatsoever, no. even sitting at that, at that number. He's at 920 save percentage, so yep. that's where you want it to be. Yep. Um, Wedgwood, as a backup, he's giving you what you want. Yep. He's, he's been good in relief. A chance uh, to win. 3.02. Yeah, exactly. He's th- sitting at 3-1, and 3.02 goals against average. So you'd like to see that a little bit lower. But the save percentage, 917. Yep. Respectable. I mean, th- there's not... There's not much more you can ask out of your backup. I mean, no. if your backup's giving you something in that 9, 13, 14, like, I mean, as soon as, uh, as, as far as I'm concerned, if a backup's sitting like a 9, 10, what, what more do you want from the guy? You know no, what I mean? Honestly. Like, this is somebody that's kind of coming in, doing some spot duty, you know, maybe in once every couple of weeks type of deal. So you can't expect to too much more. But, I mean, Dallas humming along quite nicely right now, sitting in first in the central, they're fifth overall, so... They're exactly kind of where they want to be, nice and comfortable, kind of pushing the pace out there in the central. So, yeah. you know, th- things have been good to start the year, Marty, for the Dallas Stars. Absolutely. And when you're looking at the team specifically and then you start balancing or looking at how their scoring is so balanced, you look at Wyatt Johnson as an example, even Jamie Benn as well. Um, there, so Wyatt Johnson is centering the third line right now with Jamie Benn and Dan Danov. And then Duchesne's in the second with Sengay and Marchman. Now, if you scroll down, none of those players are on the first power play except for Jamie Benn. So that means the second power play unit of Johnson, Dan Danov, uh, Duchesne, Sengay, and Lundqvist, they're doing their damages together, uh, either be on the third or second, um, third line or on the second power play. So what I'm getting at here is that it's... It's very well balanced. It's spread out. Like you can't just yeah. say, "All right, well, this team's dangerous." You know, top two lines and first power play. No, they're rolling out all their all their big guns. They're coming at you three three lines deep at a minimum, and both on a power play. So that's 
that's extremely deep. That's extremely dangerous. And that's extremely smart in terms of longevity for a team like this that has plans, aspirations, obviously, of not just making it to the playoffs, but being a serious contender further in. This is the kind of recipe that you need for that. The lack of a better term of a slow start to the season. Again, they weren't losing games. It's just that they're their offense was kind of sputtering. You can chalk that up to maybe having a couple too many old guys on the team, but that's fine. Uh, you know, there's really there's really no concern at all here. And I wasn't, I I was, I know some people weren't necessarily as big, maybe not as big on Matt Duchesne signing in Dallas as maybe uh, I was. I feel like you were, like you were, you thought it was a good deal for Duchesne or for Dallas. Well, I mean, three million bucks. Yeah, for one year. I think yeah, it's three million for a year. Yeah, I'm and and I and I'm sorry. Like, even if he's not listen, he's giving you great production. Oh, period. Yeah. Right yeah. now, like, let's okay. So push that to the side. Even if he wasn't giving you that. Yeah. Like, you you got to remember where this team is at, right? Yeah. Everybody knows we're 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 just going through the motions here for 82 games when it comes to the Dallas Stars like it's about the playoffs. We know they're going to be there. Like they yeah. would have to have some sort of massive collapse. And I mean massive. No, for yeah. this team to to not make it into the playoffs. Yeah. So you're bringing in Matt Duchesne on a one year three so th- there there's absolutely no risk whatsoever no. in way of dollar value or term. None. Zero. No. Nope. I mean you're basically you're basically getting <clears throat> to safe uh, bet. Oh, I mean, y- you can't go wrong. And this is the type of player in, you know, Scott and I talked about it a little bit in regards to your Oilers last week. They they need a calming influence, right? Like you need kind of like a Joe Pavelski <coughs> or yeah. a George, Joe Thornton kind of guy, just a guy to kind of, you know, quell the, 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 the waves, if you will, or the ups and downs, so to speak. Yeah. And I mean, obviously Dallas got that with Joe, Joe Pavelski, but it, he's that type of guy. Like Matt Duchesne's been there, done that. Like this is a guy that's been in the, in the league for what, 10 years, 12 years now. Like I, I want to say 2003 maybe was his oh, fuck. 14 years. Holy crap. Oh, nine. So, 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 you know, Oh, nine. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So I was a little off there. <laughs> um, but I mean, but I mean with, with him, been there, done that, seasoned pro. He knows what's expected. Yeah. Again, I go back to even if you weren't getting production out of him, he's someone, Marty, that if I'm an opposing team, like you have to account for that player. You got to be aware. I'm not saying that you, 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 I'm not si- exactly, I'm not sitting there saying as the coach, I'm in my room and I'm banging on the table. And I'm no, saying, no, oh no. my God, we cannot let Matt Duchesne go loose tonight. Like, listen, we're past that. Yeah, yeah. Okay. But, <clears throat> but when you start looking and, and you mentioned it, Marty, the recipe for success is, is exactly this. You have a first line of Robertson, Hintz, and Pavelski. A second line of Marchment, Duchesne, Seguin. Your third line, Marty, <laughs> is Jamie, Ben, Wyatt, Johnson, and Evgeny Dadanoff. That's okay. Dadanoff, Dadanoff, nah. Dadanoff, whatever. But Jamie, Ben, and Wyatt Johnson on yeah. your third line. Oh my God! Yeah. Like I'm sorry, but if now I'm if now if I'm an opposing coach, yeah, and it's playoff time. Oh man! And here we are in in Dallas, round one. Yeah. Holy fuck. Like you you got three lines you gotta worry about now. Oh, easily. Oh, you absolutely. Got three lines you have to worry about now. Oh yeah, hundred like, percent. And, and 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 that first line, pick your poison. Any one oh, of the fuck. three of them can bury you. And on the second line, 
Duchesne and Seguin. Sorry, there's a nice little duo. Oh, God, yeah. And we just talked about it. Ben and Johnson on the third line is a nice little duo. You throw Marchman in there. He's banging yeah. bodies. He's throwing his weight around all over the place. Dadanoff, okay, he's cut to me, kind of comes in as a sneaky little third guy coming into Yeah, into he the can play. surprise you. Yeah. Everybody, every, everybody's kind of keeping an eye on Bennett. Anyway, all that to say, to piggyback <coughs> on what you said, very, very, that's that right there is what you're getting. And we haven't even talked about the fourth line yet. Sam Steele, oh. who, by the way, in Anaheim was seen as somebody to provide offense. Yeah, Radic Fa- Faxa, who's been with that organization forever, knows his role. Craig Smith, again, same thing. These guys aren't pushing for playing time on the second line. These guys know the role. Mm-hmm. That, that's that's kind of your second coming of that Islanders fourth line. Yeah, yeah. With Matt Martin, Clutterbuck, and Sezikis. So they know their role. They know what they're there for. I, I mean, not much more you can say about about Dallas. They're doing exactly what they should be doing. Um, okay, maybe a couple of specifics. You're, you know, Ottinger's 2.50. Yeah, we were used to seeing something lower. So if you want to be nitpicky, go right ahead. But I'm, I'm pretty sure DeBoer and that organization are pretty darn happy with where things are at right now. Oh gosh! And yeah. you know you're cut. You're kind of pushing the pace and and leading things in the central division, kind of forcing everybody to, you know, start playing catch up and keeping up with with the Joneses, if you will. The Dallas Stars are just doing what they need to do, getting the job done. They're winning games. At the end of the day, that's what they're. That's what everybody's talking about right now. And like, like so as an example, the last five games, right? So the they they did recently come off kind of a tough loss to to Colorado, six three. Um, that was kind of an up and down game. At one point, Dallas was leading it, but then something happened in the second or the third. I don't remember which one it was exactly. But anyways, it led to a 6-3 loss. You're going to have those games. But, you know, games where they got to win, uh, Arizona, who's been playing very good this year. Arizona is a sleeper team um, for sure. Uh, but they, you know, they won there. They, uh, they beat Minnesota handedly, 8-3. Um, beat Winnipeg, another strong team out of the West, 3-2. Uh, and then they uh, they took care of business in Columbus as well, 5-2. Like, when you're winning the games the way you're supposed to, it tells you you're doing things right. And what I love about yeah. this team is that on any given night, I on any given night, they can win a game. I don't care who they're playing against, on any given night. And that just, again, goes back to what we were just saying. That balance between the three and even four lines that you've got going on there. I like you, I think I'm sure I'm sure like you. I'd like to see a little bit more out of the defense in terms of uh, production. But outside of that, there's nothing wrong with the defense, right? They're winning themselves some games, so everything's fine. So status quo, keep the ship going. Uh, everything's fine. I don't see them necessarily doing anything at the trade deadline. Maybe they just pick up some complimentary pieces. Who knows? But I don't see them needing to right now. Um, but uh, yeah, right now for for Dallas, man, I would you know if you're a Dallas Stars fan, you're loving life. Things f- feel pretty hunky dory over there in Dallas. <laughs> and, and and on top of it all, just just to put a cherry on top of it all for this organization, Logan Stankoven down there in for the uh, Texas Stars of oh, the yeah. NHL. Fourteen games played, ten goals, eight assists, <coughs> eighteen points. He's tied, tied for second in the scoring race in the AHL. Definitely a player that you're going to want to keep your eye on moving forward. If you're doing any kind of a rebuild, you're looking for any wow, that's farm nice. system players, perhaps. Um, yes, yes. Gotta love that name, too, eh? Stankhoven. Oh, I gotta love it. Solid name. You gotta love the stank. Bring in the stank. <laughs> you see that? And that's why it's a great name. <laughs> and there you go. And there you have it. 
so there you are, folks. There's the Dallas Stars getting the job done and doing what they're supposed to be doing. Absolutely. Another team that is doing exactly the same thing, and they came out fire, mm. was, was the Vegas Golden Knights. Yes. Now, I mean, the first thing I wrote down here in my notes, what Stanley Cup hangover. Yeah. It's like these guys came, they shot out of a cannon to start the year, man. I mean, they're sitting with a 13-3-2 record for 28 points, uh, 778 points percentage, 67. 67 goals for, man. They're just on top Jesus. of it. 44 goals against. They're a plus 23 goal differential already, man. We're what, like 17 games? Yeah, 17-18 yeah. games. 19 the for them. 19 for them, yeah. Like, first in the Pacific. They're tied for first overall. They're ranked eighth offensively at 3.56 goals for per games played. They're ranked third defensively at 2.44 goals against per games played. Power plays ranked ninth. I was a little surprised actually at that, but again, there's time. Things will settle throughout the next few months here. They're at, I mean, they're ninth, but they're 24.2%. Like one out of every four power plays they're hitting on, right? So go. penalty kill, penalty kill sitting 11th, 84.2. I mean, what more can you say? The Knights have been firing in all cylinders so far this year. I mean, you got William Carlson. 9 yeah. 11 for 20, bud. Leading the lay. The way, like, holy crap. I know. I know. Eichel, 7 12 for 19. Stone doing his thing, 5 13 for 18. Theodore is having a wicked start holy to the year. Holy crap. Four goals, 14 assists for 18 points. The goaltending oh. has been absolutely phenomenal to start the oh, year. Yeah. Aiden Hill, as, as of the writing of this uh, uh, episode, uh, Hill was sporting a 8 1 and 1. Record 2.07 goals against average 928 save percentage. Good lord, Thompson. Yeah, you know, not to be outdone. 5 2 and 1, 2.48 goals against average with a 920 save percentage. Jesus, they're six, six, three and one in their last 10 games. They're dominant a home ice 8 1 and 1. Look, I mean, and and I hate to say this, like they, they're they're walking around with that swagger, man. Like you can just see it. They're cup champs. They know we're good, and they know it. Oh right? yeah, like th they should. It's almost like it's almost like the bully on the schoolyard, right? Like he <laughs> knows, he knows he's got run of it. Yeah, and you know they took the cup last year. They had a great start to the year. I think they like six. I think they were six and zero oh at one point. Yeah, they were flying. That's the, true. This the swagger is there, and he, again it shows. I mean. Yes, there have been some hiccups here over the last little while. Uh, a 3 nothing loss to the Caps on the 14th of November. A 6-5 win against Montreal. That, that, should have been, that shouldn't have been that close, in my opinion, at all. Uh, especially as a Habs fan. Yeah. Uh, this, on the 16th, they had a 4-3 overtime loss to Philly on the 18th. Yeah. And they just had a little bit of a stinker against Pittsburgh last night. Yep. They got shut out yep. uh, by, uh, by Ned Nedeljkovic. Uh, in that, so... Uh, you know, a little concerning maybe over the past couple of weeks, but but you know what, Marty, and, and I'm not excusing them, but every team, it doesn't matter. You could be the greatest team, like even Boston last year. If we looked at it, there was probably a hiccup of three or four games for them uh, last year in that historic yep, run for sure. that they had last year. So, you know what? I mean, again, this is kind of a team that, like Dallas, just getting the job done, you know, they're they're not out of their wheelhouse, they're setting the pace. Uh, I mean, they're doing exactly what they should be doing. Well, and again, this is another team where the 82 games is kind of a, 
this is a little bit of a cakewalk, so to speak. I mean, they're, you know, we're, this isn't another team where it's all about playoffs and so on and so forth. So, you know, but that being said, great start to the year. Again, you know, we could probably go with some of that balanced scoring again here too, because it's not like, you know, two or just three guys here. I mean, you're getting some production from uh, Theodore on that back end. Oh, yeah. Your goaltenders are playing great. So, you know, all facets of your game right now seem to kind of be pulling in the same direction. Again, a couple of hiccups here over the last few weeks, but on an overall, Marty, um, you know, if I'm part of the, the, the Vegas organization or the coach, the, you know, anybody in that in, in, within that team, you're pretty happy where things are at right now. Well, it's funny too, because like, the, yeah, they definitely have been struggling lately in terms of, you know, how Vegas plays and what they expect out of themselves. We're going to say that. And they've also played the most uh, out of their conference, right? They played 19 games, the most out of anybody else. Second place is Dallas with okay. 16 points. Just to give you an idea of how strong Vegas came out. They're still in first. 28 points. Even if Dallas were to win all three games in terms of the difference between first and second, Dallas would only be would only be up by one point, even if they did win all three games. So mm-hmm. I'm not concerned. Vegas isn't concerned. Is it oh, so this is so they've they've been in existence for six years. They made the playoffs five out of the six years. They're gonna make it seven uh this year for or sorry, six out of seven this year, hundred percent. I'm not there's no worried about that. It's because they have this uncanny ability every single fucking year somebody new steps up last year was chandler stevenson right you know and and yeah. you, you've you've had these um or uh, not right sorry you've had these riley's step up before you these marcia step up before well this year it's william carlson and carlson stepped up for them before too and then he just kind of quietly goes back to the, he's he's an og right he was there when they first yeah. came to town and you know they've uh, they've lost a few players over the years, but Marshy and uh, and and Carlson are still there. So Carlson's decided to lead the, the way this year. And again, like you said, Eichel's still doing his thing, Stone's still doing his thing. But this year, it's William Carlson's show. He's the one who's going to be that that guy. They always have that guy every year that says, you know what, injuries, fuck them, don't worry about it. I got it. I'll carry this team. And and they it's just. They're just capable of pulling something out of a player that isn't necessarily consistently there every year for of their career. Um, they've always managed to have some sort of superstar, some sort of all-star. Jack Eichel's there, Mark Stone. But th- like I said, there's always that one extra player, and that's a big deal. And that's how you stay like the Vegas Knight have. That's how you stay ultra-competitive year in and year out. That's how you stay in the Stanley Cup conversation year in and year out. This is how you run a team. So the the formula for this team has always worked. Kudos for them. I see no at no point do I see this ever going away. So good, good job on them, and also congratulations on getting the Oakland A's. Shitty about that though. I like the Oakland A's. I like the the, the history of the Oakland A's. But now they're moving over to Vegas. Watch them all of a sudden become overnight success in the in the Major <laughs> League Baseball too. Well, I mean, it, it's kind of interesting how we kind of you know talked about the lineup and, and how it's built and. And how how that is how you are successful in the playoffs. And I mean, if we're if we're gonna call a spade a spade, then you got the same thing going on with the Vegas Knights. I mean, that first line of Barbashev, Eichel, and Marsh. So yeah. really, any one of the three of them can kind of bury you, right? Just Anytime. like that, that that Dallas first line. I mean, second line Brett Howden, kind of reminiscent of that Marchman on that second line. Is oh not yeah, kind yeah. Of a bigger body, yeah, a bit, yeah. of, bit of a banger, bit of a banger. And then you get Stevenson and Stone, that nice little duo on that second line. 
We're talking about William Carlson leading the way here for the Vegas Golden Knights. Fucking third Hi, line. I'm a third. I, I'm a third liner. <laughs> Hi there. Hi there. <laughs> but I play on the. But I play on the first power play yeah, unit. So yeah, yeah. I mean, he gets his cookies that way, right? Yeah. But again, you got Paul Cotter, and, and and I'm going to stop here on Paul Cotter a little bit. Now, listen, I don't pretend to think I know everything about this player. Okay. I know he showed up towards the, towards the end of last year. He may have even been around all of last year, but again. Just these guys that they're finding kind of out of nowhere, right? Yeah. Like, I'm bringing them into the lineup. And and again, when you've got players that know their role, right? And, and, and I'll go down to that fourth line now. We're talking about kind of the Islanders and their fourth line and how Dallas has kind of got something similar-ish kind of going on. Well, even more so, the Vegas Golden Knights probably have something a little closer to that Islanders fourth line with William Carrier, Nicholas Roy, and Keegan Colasar. They are banging bodies big time. Energy line for sure. So again, you start to have, you've got an identity, right? Not only your team and that swagger that this team carries, but now your lines start to have that identity themselves, right? Like, I'm sorry, I'm looking at that fourth line and whenever things are kind of a little bit quiet in, in, um, in that arena, you cut, you bring these guys out, a little bit of energy, get the crowd going. Things get, I mean, you know how things are loud down there in Vegas as it is anyway, right? The bit. building is just rocking. Yeah. Now, whenever you kind of get these guys on the ice, banging bodies, you know, getting some action going, it, it, it's it's kind of similar in that regards to the, to the Dallas thing where they're just a really, really well-built team. I mean, again, William Carlson on the third line. You have to account for stuff like this, That's man. That's crazy. If you're an opposing team, you know, and, and Marty, you and I both know, usually an opposing team can kind of put together that one kind of defensive unit, right? Or defensive line, if you will. And even a lot of teams don't have three players that they can kind of put out there for that, True. that purpose. But boy, oh boy, when it comes to Dallas, when it comes to oh, uh, um, Vegas, uh, Vegas, they they not only have that to put up against you, but man, like you're getting deep here. Oh yeah. I, I'm sorry. I I can't keep throwing line after line after line to defend these these top three lines of both Dallas and Vegas here. You start to get into a bit of a troublesome situation as an opposing coach. So, listen, it it, it vitally important the way you build your team too, especially if you're that team that you know is looking for the playoffs, like both of these teams are. And, and again. You know, bit of a cakewalk here for both of these teams over the 82 games. The real business gets started, you know, towards the the beginning of April, mid-April here. But I'll tell you what, both of these teams, very, very well built. Lots of identity both throughout the lineup and kind of the the grouping itself. I mean, these are two teams that are, you know, for all we know, they could be button heads here. Uh, in a conference final, depending on how things shake down. It's definitely a trend I've noticed with a lot of teams where they try their best to really be three top center deep. Like that's like really top center. Like they're like they're yeah. they're spreading the love. They want that third line center to be someone you really need to throw out. Like if you're throwing out a William Carlson on your third line who happens to be leading your team in points, that means as an opposing coach, you had better be throwing somebody else out there that can go toe to toe with him. You're you're forcing them, right? Absolutely. Like, I mean, you and I both know how that. You and I both know how that gets played. If I'm throwing that third, I'm sitting there, not, and I'm DeBoer. I'm throwing up that third line, uh, uh, and you got Carlson. Okay, now you're sitting on the other bench. You know, I'm giving you the old stink eye over there, and I'm like, who are you putting over, bud? Yeah. 
Like you, you, there's only so you know what I mean. There's only so much that you can. You, and then on top of that, what are you going to do? Play defense all game for sixty minutes? Yeah, exactly. Like you want to try and impose your will as well. So you're, you know what I mean. But the way some of these teams are built, they're coming at you in waves and waves and waves and waves. Like it, it as an opposing team, it becomes difficult to to kind of mitigate that yeah. to a certain extent. So you know you're almost you literally are are almost forced here for the better part of three lines to play defense if these guys are rolling. So. Yeah, and it, I yeah, it's a good, quite that's a good question actually. It's true, like because it, it comes, there could come a point where you know spreading yourself out that thin may not work out for you. But you know, just as an example, the two teams we're talking about right now, Vegas and Dallas, if they square off, th- those are two top three lines. Like those three lines with that center, like Wyatt Johnson, Jamie Ben, and Dandenov versus. Um, uh, sorry, if we're talking talk- about interesting matchups, man, <laughs> that's the thing. Yeah, if we're talking wow. about against Vegas, then you go Cotter, Carlson, and Amadeo. So that's an interesting matchup. But if you throw in like a team, like as an example, I just decided for the hell of it to look at some of the other top teams. Like LA kind of does something similar. They got Kopitar, uh, Dano, and Pierre Luc Dubois on yep. the third as well. Whereas Vancouver, one of the top teams in the league right now as well, maybe not so much. Maybe a step down. Peterson, Miller, and Blue Blue. Bluger, Bluger, Bluger. Yeah, um, Teddy, Teddy Bluger. Maybe not as deep, but the system's working, so that's a little bit different. So, anyways, I wonder if w- when we get towards the end of the season and we see these teams in the playoffs, whose whose system is going to be rolling through this? Who's going to be struggling, and who's going to be you know standing tall in the finals? Because if I'm not mistaken, even Edmonton's got well, no. Oof, let's not talk about that. <laughs> okay, then let's not. Anyways, good job, uh, Vegas. You're a very good hockey team. <laughs> Dallas, Vegas, we could definitely be seeing these guys just battling it oh, out yeah. here towards the end, of, towards the uh, deep into the playoffs here. We'll see. For sure. But boy, oh boy, I'll tell you, a couple of, uh, couple of top squads there for sure. Yeah. Um, moving along, moving right along here, we're going to jump into... Um, who are you? But first, we are going to go ahead and take a commercial break and hear a word from our sponsors, DraftKings and Raycon. It may be too early to start decorating for the holidays, but it's never too early to start your holiday shopping. Why not take care of it now before the crowds and packed calendars make shopping a total nightmare? Especially when you can get the best deals of the season well before Black Friday. You can shop Raycon products right now and save up to 50% off because there are early Black Friday sales going on right now. You've heard me talk about Raycon's products before. Raycon first made a name for themselves in the audio space with products like the Everyday Earbud, known for delivering high quality and thoughtful features like a 32-hour battery life and a perfect in-ear fit for all-day wear and lasting comfort. And this past year, they expanded their entire business with the introduction of Raycon Home and Raycon PowerTech. Their five-star reviewed Magic 180 cable allows you to charge iOS, micro-USB, and Type-C devices eight times faster with 100-watt power delivery. Their faucet filter, Ultra, filters the water in your tap against chlorine and heavy metals. It's a must-have for ensuring the water you use to wash your face and brush your teeth is, well, you know, actually clean. Raycon is known for delivering high-quality and thoughtful features at half the price of other premium tech brands. It's no wonder the products have racked up tens of thousands of five-star reviews. To get everyone in the holiday shopping spirit a bit early, Raycon is currently offering 20% off everything on their site with select products up to 50% off. So beat the crowds and save now. Trust me, you do not want to miss out on Raycon's early Black Friday sale. 
Hurry now to buy Raycon.com slash THPN to get 20 to 50% off site-wide. That's buyraycon.com slash THPN to score up to 50% off Raycon products. Buyraycon.com slash THPN. At the action on the ice with DraftKings Sportsbook. This week, I've got my eye on the Bruins coming in at minus 115, taking on the Florida Panthers who come in at minus 105. And I'll also be keeping my eye on the Rangers coming in at minus 112, taking on the Pittsburgh Penguins coming in at minus 108. Download the app now and use code THPN. New customers can get 150 bucks instantly in bonus bets for betting just $5 on hockey. That's code THPN, only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. The crown is yours. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-H-O-P-E-N-Y or text H-O-P-E-N-Y 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, 21 plus, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash hockey for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. NHL and the NHL Shield are registered trademarks of the National Hockey League. Copyright NHL 2023. All rights reserved. Don't you just love that tune? Yeah. I know. It's, yeah. it's good stuff. It's good stuff. Canadian. So we have our second go around. This is the second time that we have uh, our brand new segment. Uh, well, it's not brand new anymore, but, you know, somewhat shiny. Um, the segment, Who Are You? Who Are You? Now, for, for those of you who are coming around to our, your first time around for Who Are You? Um, basically what it is, um, I'm going to shoot Marty a situation. Uh, he's going to answer said situation uh, as best he can or how he so chooses. Uh, he will do the same. Give me a situation. I'll answer that as well. And uh, we'll discuss, if you will. <laughs> so, uh, Marty. All right. I have, got you, I have got you as Capitals GM, Brian McClellan. <laughs> Your team has had a great start to the year where many believe that the Caps would have a tough time making the playoffs in an ultra-competitive Metro Division. No kidding. Your number one center is basically lost to you for the year. Your number one netminder has been stumbling out of the gates. Yet here your team is in the third week in November, sitting at 9-4-2. Good for second in the Metro Division. And you have games in hand on the teams chasing you. Yeah. So what's your play here, man? Are you going to push your chips in come the deadline <coughs> and just kind of take one more proverbial kick at the can here? 
or are you kind of more leaning to the future knowing that this team basically the roster itself is kind of on the back nine uh, of their respective careers so basically question to you is are you pushing your chips in or are you kind of holding back and being a little bit cautious go I I don't think it's necessarily being cautious um, to say that I wouldn't be pushing my chips in because I think it was I think it's known um, the last two year well I guess two and a half now but going into this would have been the last three years of Alex Ovechkin's contract uh, is essentially what's you know keeping this this boat afloat if you will um, his chase uh, for Gretzky that's what's bringing in the money. Um, there is nothing else going on with this team, but that everybody is kind of on board and aware of this. This team is much too old to go deep into the playoffs. Um, listen, miracles can happen, but to say that we're going to start trading for a playoff spot. No, absolutely not. Um, if the chips land and you're in the playoffs, that's icing on the cake, but it's, it's not, it's not our goal for the next two or two and a half years. For the rest of this season and for the next two years, it's all about getting Ovi his his um, his gold total. Uh, we're going to make sure he's got at least some people around him that can help him get get there. Um, and if they win enough games to make the playoffs, that's an icing on the cake. But at no point are we starting the rebuild yet. The rebuild won't start until probably halfway through. We'll say maybe if there's a year left on Ovi's contract, we'll start doing the, the rebuild then or something like that. But for now, you're getting lucky. Like Charlie Lindgren really doesn't have any business doing what he's doing, but has absolutely stepped up. Um, Darcy Kumper has not necessarily played bad. Um, he's He himself has had a little bit of bad luck. I believe one of the... He's been out twice recently, and I think one of them was kind of bad luck. He just got injured in practice. I think he got a puck in the head or something like that. Anyways, he's fine. He, he, will, he will be okay. And believe it or not, Darcy Kumper can actually carry a team to a certain extent. He did it with, uh, well, he didn't carry Colorado, but he was part of that squad before. He knows what it's like. And then he immediately came over to Washington. So he is a good enough goalie. He's got enough consistency in his stats to suggest that he could do it again. Um, but to suggest that we're looking at making moves, to suggest that it, it'd be smart for us to try and you know cash in on this, Something would have to be practically given to the Washington Capitals before a move would need to be made. Um, because again, that's not the focus. Uh, the focus is about getting Ovechkin uh, his his goals. Uh, thankfully, he has woken up recently. He had he was stuck there on two for way too long. Um, this has happened to him before. I saw a stat line at one point where he came out. I think it was like twelve games. He only had two goals, but then he finished the season with something like forty-seven. Like. It's Alex Ovechkin. He's got more than enough shots on goal. He's got 58, I think, right now, yeah. And yeah, his shooting percentage down at 8.6, but he's got 20 minutes uh, average time on ice. He's The numbers are there. He'll he'll find it, uh, and that's, as a GM, as a, um, I'm sure the owner's got his ear, right? Like, that's just how it goes. And he's telling him, like, nah, yeah. we're not... We're not looking to to make the playoffs. If it, if we do great, and you know the coach is going to tell you something else, the the players are going to tell you something else too. Like, no, we're in it to make the playoffs, and of course they should. Yeah, they yeah. should push and they should try as much as they can. But from a GM's perspective, I'm not. Something's like I said, something's going to have to be given to me before I pull the trigger on anything because this team is not built for the playoffs. Like Ovechkin's got 12 points in 15 games. Next up is John Carlson with nine points in 15 with one goal. Like the, mm. there's no, again, there's no balance to this team. There's no depth. There's, 
you know, there's there's a few pieces that make sense, and and it, again, it all has it all adds up to Alex Ovechkin getting that number, and that's it. No, and you know what? It, it, I'm I agree with you 100 percent when it comes to um, the road that you take. I mean, look, they have their own first rounder the next three years in 24, 25, and 26. There you go. They're without a second. They're without a second round in 24, but they've got two thirds. They've got their own in Boston's. So they are sitting with three picks in the first three rounds in 24. In 25, they have their own first. They have their own second. They have Boston's second and Colorado's. So. I I am in agreement with you that I think you, it, as much as you would love, you know, a fan base would love to either see a rebuild or a push, right? I think you have to, I, I think you almost have to stand pat because, again, like you said, really it's all about Ovechkin. That's kind of, in my eyes, why he signed five years. Yeah. He, you know, the, 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 I was surprised with the term, but you're not surprised when you think of, okay, he wants to beat the record. Okay, good. Yeah. Granted. I, a player of his ilk, I would want to do it too. You know, like, yeah. I mean, you're, you're one of the top goal scorers of all time. I would want to do it as well. But yeah, like you certainly don't want to start like, you know, oh, uh, giving away your 2024 no. first. And then, then, then you move your 26. Then maybe you move your 26 first for something else. And, you know, are you getting rentals? Are you getting somebody that you're going to be keep? So, you know what? I, I fully agree. You know, if, if Lindgren can keep pushing things. Sure. If, if you can. I, I don't know if you can hold your head above water and, you know, maybe you're scratching and clawing here. You're sitting in a wild card spot. Maybe as, yeah. as things kind of wind down. Great. Okay. Maybe you make a small ad somehow. Maybe you shoot one of those seconds in a, the, one of the thirds and you, you get something to give you a little push, but sure. you don't want to give away too much, but yeah, I, I won't keep this any longer than that. I agree with you wholeheartedly. I think that where it's been luck, right? There, there's yes. been a little run of luck here, yeah. and I and I wouldn't want to read any more into it than that. So, listen, I, I agree wholeheartedly with you. I think that's where they need to be. Listen, this is as romantic as it gets, man. The guy's played his entire career for Washington. Um, he's mm-hmm. he won himself a cup with you, so he's answered the critics in that regard. Uh, now the only thing left on his resume is this is this very achievable. It, at one point. Everybody thought this was an untouchable record of most goals in a career. And the guy's plays, in, like I said, his entire career in Washington. That's why he signed the five-year contract because he figured, you know what? If I go average out 30 goals, I'll be able to get there. And sure enough, he surpassed it in the first couple of years. You know, maybe maybe this year is a little bit harder, but he absolutely gets there uh, within the next two years. And then you've got that cherry on top for the swan song in the last season where he gets to go to every arena, wave goodbye. Everyone sends him his love yeah. and says, oh my gosh. And quite frankly, we're lucky enough to have been around such a, a wonderful career to say that like you and I were lucky enough to be around for Gretzky uh, to, to beat the record and and then surpass it um, as well as he did. And now on top of that, within our lifetime, we get to watch somebody beat that goals for record. Um, I mean, quite frankly, we're we're spoiled in terms of the talent we've seen in our lives. That's that's very spoiled. So let's enjoy the ride, guys. Like let's enjoy what this is. Washington Capitals is a you know Alex Ovechkin show, and take it while you can because when he's gone, it's a very special player out of the league. Um, I know some people have his issues with politics and. That's not what the show is about, man. Fantasy perspective, this guy's a beast, man. A fucking beast. And not having him, not being able to draft him, 
year in and year out, that's that's going to be shitty, man. It's going to be weird. So uh, let's enjoy it, guys. We've got two and a half years left of Alex Ovechkin. Let's, all, let's just soak it in as for whatever it is. We love you, Ovi. Mm-hmm. All right, your turn there, schmuck. <laughs> all right, let's do it. All right. This one's interesting because uh, I don't know if we saw this coming. So you're the New Jersey Devils GM, Tom Fitzgerald. Your team came out firing but has questions and nets. Now, those questions seem to be, uh, to be sorry, those, those questions seem to carry a lot of weight. That and the injury to Hughes seem to have derailed your team. With only three wins in November and their team struggling to regain their early season prowess, not to mention some pundits saying they have now dumped, uh, they, they were duped into believing into this team, suggesting many have jumped ship. Do you stand pat or do you start making some calls and filling in some gaps specifically in nets or possibly somewhere else? Well, first and foremost, the injuries to Jack Hughes. Listen, I I don't need to say anything about that. We all know what Jack Hughes brings to the table. This is a perennial 100-point player, yeah. okay? Like, massive, massive offensive instincts. I mean, the edges on this guy are ridiculous. Yeah. So, I mean, Jack Hughes being out of the lineup, that really, really hurts. I'm going to venture to say... To a certain extent, or even more important, would be Nico Hischer. And for me, it's a case where, I mean, you're losing your captain. He's he's the defensive conscience of the team as well. So with those two injuries right there alone, I mean, that, that's killing you. I mean, for to if you want to look at it, you're losing two pieces of your top six. Um, and, and I do believe that every once in a while they'll play on the same line. So if it's the same line, you're using two-thirds of your top line. Um, So, I mean, yes, they only have three wins in the month. I'd I'd have to give it a little bit of time. So I'm going to give them a little bit more runway for sure, especially with getting these two players back. I know, I think he sure was either, he's either coming back or was back last game, whatever it was. He's he's coming into the lineup here pretty soon. Um, as for Hughes, I believe he's coming back or was back last game as well. Yeah, I think so. So the, so the injury ward, you're starting to get people out of that and you're starting to get them back into the lineup here. Going to give him some runway with that. With the goaltending, as much as I would love to go out there and say, oh my God, yeah, you should have just went out and got Hellebuck. Like, listen, the situation right now is Hellebuck was signed by the Winnipeg Jets. I'm not saying that the guy still can't be traded. But right. I mean that becomes quite that becomes quite difficult now. The guy's locked into what is it eight point five uh, him and, and yeah. Shifley. So I mean now uh, you know New Jersey would have a number that they'd have to work around. But going back to the tandem that they have right now, first, I'm also going to give this duo a little more runway for two reasons. One, I actually do want it want to see if they can kind of work their way out of this a little bit here with the injuries to both uh, uh, Hughes and Heischer, getting them back. Okay, once things kind of get rolling again here, are we going to be all right? And secondly is because who are you going to go out and get right now? Okay, you've got got Ken Holland who is making calls (laughs) overseas to fucking Australia to this guy is looking for a goaltender anywhere. Okay. So you are not the only one that's looking. You're, you're in a decent spot. You've got two guys that are 
capable of winning hockey games for you when you have a full and healthy lineup and, and the cylinders are kind of running the way they should be. Both of those goaltenders are more than fine. Let's fast forward to the playoffs. That, to me, is where the rubber hits the road, obviously. They've had, they, they had to have had their crack last year. Obviously, it didn't go so well, in particular, against the Carolina Hurricanes. It was a little bit floppy all over the place, going from Vanishek to, to Schmid. I do think that you have to give this tandem another go. Both of them... I mean, Vanacek really hadn't been in the playoffs or deep into the playoffs like that before. True. I mean, he came over from Washington where he was, by, for all intents and purposes, the backup to Samsonov. And Akir, and Akir Schmid, well, I mean, he's just coming up from the AHL here, making his way into the NHL. So, I, if I, as much as maybe the fan base wouldn't want to hear it or you'd want to have that more... You know, okay, the the nice shiny name Hellebuck. Okay, you know, big big time goaltender in there. I do think that you do stand pat at this at this moment. You go with what you got, especially with these injuries happening. Yes, it's thrown things off a little bit in regards to our nice shiny toy, the New Jersey Devils. Right. Okay, they've hit a, they've they've stumbled. They're in that Metro Division though. I mean, that's a gauntlet, guys. That's a gauntlet. Jeez, yeah. And I'm sorry. And I'm sorry, you can go, and now it's not just your top teams like Carolina and uh, the Rangers with them. Now you're looking at Philadelphia doing some damage. The Islanders, oh, yeah. so, regard, regardless of what happened with my Islanders, they're, they're not an easy team to play. No. I mean, record, you can go off of whatever you want with the Islanders, but they're just not an easy team to play. Washington, heavy team out there. So, I mean, you're talking about going through that division. You're battered and bruised, man. So... Things want to get back on track for sure, but to answer your question, though, Marty, I'm standing pat. I'm going to keep these goaltenders for the time being, and furthermore, I'm probably going into the playoffs with them. But this playoff, this is the telltale. If uh, if my goaltending cannot pull through for me, I may be looking elsewhere. I, I may be trying to bring in a bigger name, a more experienced goaltender, maybe somebody who's been, you know, been there, done that a little bit more. Um, you, you know, you can start throwing all, out all sorts of names if you want. Like one, one name that comes to mind is maybe a John Gibson, but you run into some injury issues there. So anyway, they're they're pretty good with what they got right now. I think you give that team and that roster an opportunity, all healthy, all cylinders uh, firing. I think you keep that going. So yes. I'm standing pat with the New Jersey Dodgers. I'm going to be honest, and you brought up a good point. The Metro Division, um, in my opinion, they are on the clock. Um, especially with the way Washington has come out as lucky as they have. They'll, they'll come back to earth, yes. But right mm -hmm. now, New Jersey, sitting uh, you know, in the conference, 11th spot, 8, 7, and 1, 17 points. And you know the games are losing 6-3 to Winnipeg. Uh, 4-2 to Capitals, 6-3 to Colorado. They're losing them because of <clears throat> either poor defense or poor net mining or a combination of both. I, In my opinion, again, because of the Metro is so difficult, the clock's ticking. I don't think you have the luxury of time. I, I think you need to make a decision on this team in terms of goaltending. Like before, 
after the Christmas break, you had better have a plan if things haven't straightened out. That would be my timeline for them. If by the end of the Christmas break, they're still looking the way they're looking right now, where they're losing four games out of five, f- forget playoffs. You're not making it to the playoffs. So, so, so Jan, Jan one yeah. is kind of that's the deadline. You're you're kind of looking yeah like the goaltending better shape up by then. Okay, yep. I hear you. I ch- and, and 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 rightfully so. I mean, I I can very much understand where you're coming from, Marty. I mean. It's that division. Oh, it's the division. It's that, exactly. It's that division. Absolutely. Like, be, because you, because what? I, I mean, you know what? It's something I'll have to go over, especially. I'd love to know what the percentage of, or percentage or number of game, whatever it is that you're playing within your division. Yeah. Like, obviously, there's 82 games. I think you're trying to get to every every team. The, 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 the schedule, the NHL's made it so that the schedule is set where you're seeing every team at least once um, a year. But it is still heavy towards your division. I just wonder how much that is because, man, oh man, if every second game they're they're up against that that metro division. Again, I'm still comfortable saying, you know, with with, with the injuries that they've had, has it put them in a bit of a spot? Yeah, it has put them in a bit of a spot. Do I think that they can get out of this with a healthy lineup? Oh, I yeah. absolutely think they can get out of it with a healthy lineup. But I again, very much see where you're coming from. The clock is ticking. Yeah. Uh, again, especially with with that Metro division and where you're sitting at right now. So time to kind of figure things out here, uh, get on a little bit of a roll. And you know what? Again, as long as they're healthy, I don't think there's an issue with the New Jersey Devils. Right. But, but, I mean, you do have to have, you know, they could end up being healthy. And again, if that goaltending is not turning it around. Exactly. Or it might also be too little too late because quite frankly, at this point, I would honestly say that Philly is for real. They've won their last five games in a row. They're up there. They're ten, They're second in that Metropolitan Division, behind only the Rangers, who are obviously a much better team, but they've got 21 points in 18 games. So Philly's already doing their job, right? They beat Vegas recently. They beat Carolina in their division. They beat LA. They beat Anaheim. And then they also beat you know, like Columbus, which is in their division. Everybody beats up Columbus. But still, that's, that's impressive. And you're getting to that point, right? And I mean, you know, you hear the pundits do it a lot, especially on, of course, on Sportsnet and TSN, that kind of thing, where they're, you know, they tell you, okay, well, now they need to play, uh, you know, uh, 640 hockey the rest of the way, not just 500, but like yeah. 640 or 670. Yeah. So, you know, you know, and it, how they tell you, ah, you know, last year, 95 points got you into a wild card and everything. And I know that they've been doing that, especially with Edmonton over the last couple of weeks right. here at figuring figuring things out that way but you're kind of getting into a situation too where the new jersey devils i'm sure starting to look at that a little bit like you don't want to go any any further here where you have to start playing some pretty exceptional hockey not just over the next couple of months the rest of the the year way yeah so so again if you're one dimensional where it's either it's offense or bust and well then we saw what happened right jack hughes goes down nico hersher or um sorry not nico oh it is he he sure sorry yeah, Nico he sure uh, goes down so two guys goes down and then you guys shit the bed for the next month that can't happen you can't be one dimensional and this team isn't one dimensional like Vanacek looked a lot better last year than he does right now and I do believe in him I do think he does figure this out and I'm not suggesting that Kira Schmidt can't figure this out I'm just saying there needs to if if this year is. You know, because of last year, we had talked about this a little bit with Neil 
uh, Villapiano a little bit how last year was not necessarily uh, an overachieve, but it seemed that they took. It's almost like you know, like when the kid's super smart, you skip him a grade. It's a, well, that's kind of what surprise. It was a bit of a surprise. It was surprising a little bit. Yeah, to see them do like th- so th- that, well that means, last year. Yeah. Well, that means that this year, not that they necessarily have to match what they did last year, but it means if last year was a skip year, that means this year is a playoff or bus year, regardless of what happened last raised year. Expectations. Well, yeah, even on top of that, raise expectations. But let's say last year they didn't make the playoffs for whatever reason. Well, that means this year the plan was absolutely to make the playoffs. Well, you can't be one of the best teams in the league last year and then miss the playoffs this year. Is that That's not only going against what you set up from last year, but it's also going up... Lack of consistency. Yeah. yeah. So now what? So now then, what is your team at that point? I, and I would hate to say this, but I, you know, we've seen it happen before. Lindy Ruff, not suggesting he's on the hot seat, but if by the end of December this team is no better than where they are right now, he, he might be on the hot seat at that point because there might not. You and I know it. Like we've talked about this before. There aren't that many goalies available. There's only, in the league alone, half of the teams have a bona fide starting goalie. The rest of the league does not. They either have a share situation or they got shit in nets. And right now, New Jersey is in the bottom half of that conversation. And if they don't figure this out, forget about playoffs, man. You want to talk about playoffs? No, no, no. That ain't going to (laughs) happen. Playoffs? (laughs) Anyways. New Jersey, figure it out. Figure it out soon. Get it to get get it together, Lindy. Mm-hmm. We know you can get it done, bud. I have to get Neil let's, back let's on the start show. Start getting it taken care of. <clears throat> Check my fanny. Yeah, let's get into All it. All right, please. Some big wins here, man. Big wins for the Apocalypse yes. and the Royals. Good, good records. They're both leading the league. Both leading the league at five and one. Pawnhog stumbled for the second week in a row. They're, they dropped down to four and two on the year. Yeah. Uh, myself, my dragons, we're slowly clawing our way back to five hundred. Back here, in there uh, with back to back wins. After a three-game losing streak, of course. Yeah. Uh, speaking of three-game losing streaks, the Cougars fall for the third week in a row. They now sit at two and four with the Brigands and the Demons, who came out victorious <laughs> against the now one and five Buccaneers. That's the biggest surprise. So, your standings currently sit with the Apocalypse leading the way at five and one. The Royals are at five and one as well, but the Apocalypse have scored one <laughs> more point. <laughs> Uh, than the uh, Royals, so they have first in the league. Uh, Pawnhogs at four and two. Myself and the Dragons at three and three. Uh, Cougars, Brigands, and Demons all at two and four, and the Buccaneers bringing up the rear at one and five. Uh, things are starting to kind of settle a little, um, but of course, a little bit of I mean, separation. Yep, everything. A little bit of separation, but you know. Someone goes on a run here for three, four weeks and yep. can do a little bit of damage. But the Apocalypse and the Royals are looking really, really good. The top two scoring teams in the league. Uh, the Pawn Hogs are not far behind. Um, you know, it's it's going to be interesting. A big, big game this week between oh, yeah. the Apocalypse and the Royals. So uh, the top two teams in the league are going to face face each other this week which would, in my eyes, be the matchup of the week, of course. Um, so we'll see how that all, that all plays out. One will be coming back uh, down close to the pack, while the other will 
continue their 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 hot start to the year here. So I'll be keeping my eye on that uh, on that matchup over the course of the. And week. actually, uh, um, with that matchup, it's a very interesting goalie matchup going on. Where with Scotty, mm-hmm. he's got Georgiev and Vanacek, two goalies who are struggling a little bit to a degree, right? Like I mean, Georgiev's still getting the Ws, but he's not playing yeah. that well at all. And Vanacek, we just discussed. Whereas flip side over the apocalypse, they got Bennington, who seems to have rejuvenated his career somewhat, um, and UC Saros, who's maybe not playing to UC Saros uh, standards, subpar numbers for him. So it's an interesting goalie matchup between the two. And these are, like you said, two top scoring teams, clearly not leaning heavily on their goaltending situation. Most of their damage is being done with their forwards and defensemen. I would probably want to double down on the defenseman comment there for sure, in term, at least in terms of the apocalypse, but interesting matchup. <coughs> oh, definitely. And, and I mean, I've got uh, I've got your dad back to back for the next couple of weeks. I think that I'm not sure if if uh, this these next couple of weeks are back to backs for all of us or only for certain teams. But uh, but I know I've got the Buccaneers for the next couple of weeks. So hopefully. Um, oh yeah, I got I got I, demons back to back. So it must be that uh, must be back to back. So that means the Royals and Apocalypse back to back as well. Oof. Would that be the case? My lord, let me. Uh, let me check See, this out here. And, no. Uh, Although no. it's pawn hogs. Thank you very much. So let the top beat up on each yeah. other and settle things down a little bit. Well, Fine with that. That'll actually pull everybody in a little bit closer. Well, so, Yeah, let's hope they do. That, w- that would be nice for the rest of us for, for sure. sure. Kind of get everybody closer to the pack yeah. here. But uh, you know what? It, it's The year just keeps going here. We're up to what? This is going to be week seven yeah. uh, of our year so far. So... We'll see how this all plays out here, but uh, definitely a game I'll be keeping my eye on is that uh, that one at the top of the uh, stage. Entertaining for sure. For sure. Um, oh, yes. Oh, yes. Um, and there is your CFHL news for the week. Um, Going to move things over to Beauties and the, Beauties and the Beast. Uh, Marty, could you feel like starting us off sure this thing. week? Sure thing. Absolutely. I'm looking forward to this because we did a lot of talking about this guy already. Mr. Matt Duchesne, my man. 15 games played, 6 goals, 8 assists, 14 points, plus 6 in his last 5 games. With only 2 assists in his first 6 games, early indications were that Nashville was right to let him walk, but now not so much. As I mentioned, 9 points. Actually, I don't think I mentioned it. I wanted to, but I don't think I got around to it. He's got 9 points, 4 of them goals, in his last 5 games, and he's a big reason why this team has turned things around offensively. Uh, Matt Duchesne, absolutely worth the price of admission right now. $3 million for one year. I mean, you could take last year's number in Nashville, which I think he finished somewhere in the mid-20 goals and about mid-50 points. That's your $3 million range right there. But the season before, they had himself a career year, 41 goals, 78 points, right? So yeah. could we see a repeat of that? Oh, my God, what a steal, A eh? $3 million for that kind of, of a production? That'd be something else. But in his last five games, he's not the only one. That entire team in the last five games have just turned it on offensively. So keep looking at Matt Duchesne right now. I would keep starting that bad boy if you're lucky to have him. Next up, this guy I used to have on my team. Um, he was in my farm system. A part of me wanted to keep him at the time. I swapped players. But anyways, Owen Tippett, 18 goals. Uh, sorry, 18 games played, 7 goals, 6 assists for 13 points, 7 points in his last 8 games, including 5 goals. So Philly has been a good team to root for this year, and a big part of that cheering should go towards one Owen Tippett. Uh, a highly touted player when he was drafted with lots of promise. It seems he may have found a 
nice landing spot for a team looking towards the future. If he continues to play like this, quite frankly, I can see uh, uh, the GM, Briere, eventually signing him long-term as part of the future plans. For fantasy managers, though, the time is now to ride this wave because Tippett has never really been this strong in his career in this like I know this is a short sample size, but 18 games played, 13 points, seven points his last eight. He do, he rarely goes into these kinds of spurts, and trust me, I know because I had him. I think when he was in Florida is when I had him, and he was good. He was, but he was never good enough to start. Right now, he's absolutely good enough to start, and this Philly team just feels differently. This team, and you know, like I said, they've won the the last five games. Uh, they're second in. Ah, there's the COVID. Ah, <coughs> wonderful. Ah, that felt good. Uh, so yeah, so they're second in the in the Metro. Um, and Tippett is like, honestly, is a big reason for that. He's playing on the power play as well. So he's a good young player, still very young. Um, so, you know, like I said, ride the, ride the wave uh, as you can from a fantasy's perspective and just enjoy the ride. Uh, next up, Charlie Lindgren, who we did touch a little bit on. So part of this... <laughs> I'm going to say part of this is luck, uh, but you know you can't you can't say everything is based on luck, right? So Charlie Lindgren came in at a, a different a difficult time, but let's just talk about his numbers a little bit. Five games played, four wins, one shutout on a 201 goals against, a 940 save percentage. So he may have just played yeah. himself into a bigger role as he was called upon to step into an emergency situation with Kumper going down twice. Uh, Charlie is hardly a newbie, but he has never really been leaned on to carry a team. Uh, when needed to. But if the Caps can continue to surpass expectations, I see no reason why the why head coach uh, Carberry doesn't eventually go with a shared crease if Charlie continues to play this way. Because quite frankly, it makes the most sense. You would actually prefer to have a shared situation between Kumper and a, pl- and a, <laughs> a good playing Lindgren rather than just completely lean on Kumper. Because at some point, Kumper is just going to completely fizzle out. And like we said before, while you know the GM and, and the owner may not necessarily be looking at this season as a season for the playoffs, head coaches and players will tell you differently. And they this, this is their passion. They want to win a cup year in and year out. They're aware of what the GM might be saying or might be feeling. That means shit to them. They're going out to win every game. So that I, I guarantee you, if Lindgren continues to play this way, this will be a shared situation where you will see probably an even split between the two of Kumper and Lindgren. Because quite frankly, right now, Lindgren's the better goalie. Um, no shot to Kumper, and, and, but it's just it's the way things go. And, and I mean, at the very least, if Charlie can continue playing this way, or, or even, even if it isn't to this level, if he can just continue to give you some decent... Right. Bet, at, at the very least, like, look, I mean... With with Kemper, he's getting. I'm not saying the guy's a gray beard, but I mean, if you can get him some rest yes. and and have him a little bit fresher yeah. towards the end of the year, if you are in that position where you you know you're looking ahead of you and you can kind of see the playoffs, then maybe you'll you know you'll probably want a fresher Kemper than not. So if if Lindgren can continue to give you some of this play, it at least spells Kemper for yeah. you know certain periods of time during the year. Absolutely. Then it'd be a smart move. So, um, and my beast. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh man. Oh, Patrick Liney, dude. Nine games played, two goals, one assist, three points, minus six, and a healthy scratch against the Flyers nice. on Sunday. So, not sure what the deal is here with Liney, 
quite frankly, it seems we're all out of excuses and maybe just maybe this is who he is as a player. Someone who has flashes of brilliance, but overall can't commit to any form of consistency in his game. Honestly, at this stage of his career and given how often he's injured, I'm not sure why any fantasy manager would risk putting him in their lineup. I, I, I don't know about you, but in terms of fantasy perspective, I'm fucking done with this player. He is a big nope. ass bus. He uh, he'll go down as one of the like as an Alexander Dake, as far as I'm concerned. Maybe even be worse. I, I'd I, love to look at the comparisons there. The for me, it's his demeanor. Yeah, this is ice. exactly and 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 it, and it and it kind of has been for quite some time. Mm-hmm. Uh, going back to it's his a fucking his child. Days, He's a baby. Like I just. I, I just I want to see a guy go out there and just effort effort all over the ice like all over the yeah. ice and I mean listen I've got Goudreau in, in my uh, my fantasy team and things are obviously not going much better on you know in that file either right. but my but my lord like <laughs> a Columbus team com- kind of devoid of talent so to speak I mean at least top end anyway and here here is. Um, uh, Coach Pascal Vincent sitting both of them. Yeah, both oh, the other God. night. I think I I don't think either one of them like played the last like ten minutes of the game or whatever the hell it was. I'm like, what is going on down there? Like at the very very least, both of these players need to be putting their their hard hats on and getting to work. Getting to work. Top man. top four like, offensive players on that team. Two of them are defensemen. One of them is Adam Fantilli, a rookie, and the other one is Boone Jenner. Goudreau's nowhere fucking like, near the top, and forget about lining. You, what? What? You have got some issues. I, I don't know. Wow. And 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 it and it just exasperates what's going on down there in Columbus because, look, I I, I still don't quite understand why a team like Columbus wanted to make the big move to bring in somebody like Goudreau. Listen, yeah. every team wants a Goudreau. I get it and I understand it wholeheartedly. But I'm sorry, you're kind of like in this forever rebuild here. Yeah. Why in the hell did you want to bring in a 29-year-old at like 9 million bucks? No steps forward there. I, 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 I still don't understand, but here we are. This is what it is. And I, look, I, I, you know, I'm just going to keep it simple, Marty. I think I'm in the same area as you right now. Any fantasy manager out there who's got Patrick Lining on the roster, Get rid of him. I think you got to sit him. Like you, the the only, you have to now wait. Either you trade him and, and get some something for him, or <laughs> if you can, I mean, <laughs> you're probably probably the worst trying to trade him. Obviously, yeah. but you're not going to get anything. Um, but if you're stuck with this player, just stash yeah. him, and you just got to wait until you have to wait until he goes on his next heater, whenever that is, if that yeah. is. Um, Patrick Liney, you are well deserved oh beast this week. Yeah. All right. Now, yeah. Let's get into something positive here. Um, don't know where don't know where my head was at this week in regards to Beauties and the Beast, but I'm all about flying together. Let like let's fly together, boys. Bring in the ducks in. Oh, yes. Three ducks. Three ducks as Deservedly my so too. We're start, we are gonna start off with one Mason McTavish. Dude, I gotta be honest with you. I'm, I'm getting a small loving for this guy. Like uh, I'm, uh, you know, I've been keeping my eye on the docs, and I, I know you've got Terry out there. So you know, just been watching him a little bit here and there. I had the chance to watch them who they played the other night. I can't remember, but anyways, uh, watch that game. 
Um, McTavish is sitting with uh, 16 points in 17 games. He's a plus one, 17, or sorry, yes, yeah, 17 27 time on ice. He's got 10 points in his last 10 games, three game winning goals and an overtime goal. So he's been clutch for the, for the club. He's on a Ducks first power play. And he made a move. Was it, I want to say it was yesterday's games. Either way, he made a move, got the puck at the front of the net, a little juke and jive. It's in the top corner before you know it. He His net front presence game is is on point, man. Like, he's he's been pretty good there for sure. Yeah. Um, up and up and comer. He fits in, I believe he fits into our future stars. Uh, uh, if anybody ever wants, I know Tom's got him and he's way more than the future star for his club right now. Um, but, uh, but suffice to say, Mason McTavish, Really, really settling in nicely there. Uh, on the, uh, I think he's on the first. Is he on the first or second line? Can't remember where he is out there. Um, but again, the type of guy that you certainly want to build your club around. Uh, if you if you're a contending team and you've gotten your hands on him, all the better for it. Um, but Mason McTavish, you are my first beauty of the week. Next up, uh, he's been his line mates throughout the season. But Frank Vitrano, this guy. Wow. <laughs> He has made, he has, he's gone in these spurts, right, throughout his career, and he's on another one right now. 12 goals in 17 games played, five assists, he's got 17 points, so he's a point-of-game player. And I'll tell you what, um, I, I believe it's, is it Cronin, I think is the coach's last name out there, oh. uh, for, uh, for Anaheim, I think it's Cronin. He's really, really started to put some trust into this player. Um, plus four. Vitrano's playing 18 and a half minutes a night right now. So, obviously, you know, this isn't a guy that's just getting kind of a 14, 15 minute, you know, kind of second, third line guy. He's He's been getting some serious minutes here. He's, he's got 11 points in his last 10 games. He is entrenched on that Ducks first line. The only thing I, 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 I'd caution anybody about is... Um, his shooting percentage is a little high right now. Yeah. It's at 21.1. His career average is at 10.7. So expect a little bit of regression there, uh, particularly probably in that goal scoring area. Uh, but, but look, I mean, that being said, this guy's a massive ad on the waiver wire. So if anybody's been able to uh, snag him on the wire, you've probably gotten some great production out of him for a couple of weeks. Sitting on the Ducks' second power play, so... You know, he's, he's got some exposure to some of these top guys. Um, listen, uh, this guy is doing everything he can with the time that he's, the time that he's getting. Uh, Frank Vitrano, you are my second beauty for the week. Uh, finishing off the beauties this week, the Ducks goaltender, John Gibson. Now, listen, the record is nothing really to, to, to speak about. Uh, and by the way, I, I don't have... Uh, any of the stats, uh, including last night's game. So this would have been before last night's game. Um, he's got 10 games played. He's got four wins and six losses. So again, the record isn't exactly banner, um, but he's got a 2.18 goals against average. That ranks him sixth in the league. He's at 929 save percentage, ranking fifth in the league. Um, so you know what? I mean, this is about as good as Gibby's played here over the past couple of years in all reality. True. Um He's he's got that youth movement in front of him, and I say that because with that two eighteen goals against average and almost a nine thirty save percentage, with the with that group that's in front of him, he's really come to the forefront and really come to play. And the reason I'm mentioning that is because we've heard Gibson's name as a trade target for several teams here over the last twelve months. Sure. Um, you know, 
with him having that great of a start, it only puts him in a better situation for a team like, I'm not saying that Edmonton is looking at him, but for a team like Edmonton, or, you know, we just talked about New Jersey, maybe they kind of turn their, their eyes over that way. You know, he's playing really, really well. Obviously, he hasn't been injured this year yet, which is a good thing. Yeah. Uh, he's got a little bit of an injury history for Gibson. Um, but you know what? He's come to play. Uh, Anaheim is actually, if I'm not mistaken, Anaheim is at either a winning record or 500 record. Uh, so I, uh, they've been playing some decent hockey considering where this team is at uh, in their rebuild. Um, but I'll tell you what, John Gibson, giving him a chance every night. Uh, he's playing some the best hockey he's played in easily the past two or three years. And uh, again, those numbers are right there, right at, uh, at there at the top of the league. John Gibson, you, sir, are my third beauty for the week. We're going to stay with goaltending for my beast. And this one is a bit disappointing. Philip Gustafson had a really, really great year last yeah. year. 22.79 for with a 2.10 goals against average and a 9.31 save percentage man. He was right up there last yeah. year with the best of them. I think he was I think he was right there behind uh, Allmark if I'm not mistaken, yeah, was... especially for that that save percentage. Um listen, Minnesota's going to need this guy to find this game and they're going to need to find it soon. Uh I understand that you got Flurry out there, but you know what Marty, we talked about Minnesota a little bit earlier on in the year and Flurry is a mentor at this point. Like, sure, he's a backup, and he can he can spell you for shorter periods of time, but this is kind of a mentoring situation here more than anything else as far as I'm concerned. And with what's going on with Gustafson right now, dude, you know what? I'll just shoot you these numbers because it, it does not paint a, a pretty picture at all. Nine games played, two wins, four losses, two in overtime. He's a 4.15 goals against average. Marty? There's one more goaltender that has a worse goals against average that has played this year. And it's Jack Campbell oh. at 4.50. The, the, Campbell's the worst. The next guy up is Philip Gustafson. So we're in that territory right now. That that 4.15 goals against average ranks 55th out of 56 Good goalies. Lord. And his eight and his 882 save percentage ranks 48th. Out of those 56 goaltenders. What a difference a year makes, man. This is definitely not what the player of the organization was envisioning after a stellar 22-23 season. And on top of all of it, uh, you know, I'm updating these goalies on goalie post, right? Yeah. So, so I'm keeping an eye on Twitter, X, again, whatever it wants to be called this particular week. Um, I've been keeping an eye on that fairly steadily. And Garen... Walked into that dressing room and I think just batted out to, for both the coaches and players. He is not happy where this team is at right now. He has every right to be because, sorry, I mean, this is, I'm, I'm sure that Garen is 100% behind this statement. This is a playoff team. Oh, yeah. He expects this to be a playoff team. You can say whatever you want about the roster and where they should, but when it comes to Bill Garen, he sees this team as a playoff team. 100% and where they are right now, you know, we were just talking about New Jersey and kind of putting themselves in a, a bit of a hole. Uh, Minnesota better wake up and better wake up soon because soon. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't know if they have until Jan, Jan one yeah. to figure this out. I, I'm thinking that if this does not turn around here within the next two and a half to three weeks, like once you get 
through that first week of, of December there, if things are still looking the way they are right now, not only with Gustafson, but the team as a whole. Yeah. I mean, Kaprizov, Kaprizov, Kaprizov what's going on? Kaprizov, he's been shitting the bed. Oh, big time. I mean, yes, he's got point. He's got points up there, and I think he's just below a point a game. But again, comparatively to what you expect out of a Kirill Kaprizov, he's shitting the bed. Like nothing. Five goals right in seventeen games. That's, you know not, that's not Kaprizov numbers. That's disappointing. You know what? About the about the only thing that's going well for Minnesota right now, or the only positive, is Marco Rossi. So, uh, I mean, that tells you a lot right there. Zuccarello's doing all right. Like, he's the I only mean, one. Zuccarello is the only one who's over a point a game right now. And and look at how old that guy is. What is he? Thirty seven. Yeah, exactly. So you're leaning on on a bit of a gravy <laughs> yeah, a here bit, to, yeah. to kind of lead the way, and, and and you you've got the talent to really kind of take Absolutely. you know take the reins here, namely namely Kaprizov. Yeah. So I'll tell you what, like Philip Gustafson, if if he if this team is going to have any hope of making the playoffs, he has to turn it around. Yeah. Period. Figure it out. Like. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. It just has to. It just has to happen. Philip Gustafson, you are my beast for week eleven, bud. Who's uglier, Liney or Gustafson, right now? <laughs> oh, it's a tough one, eh? I, I you know what? I, I, I really gotta say, I, I gotta lean towards, um, towards Liney, and, and that may be biased because I've never been. Listen, I've never been a massive, massive fan of Liney. Um, yeah, me neither. I just, even in his Winnipeg days, yeah. I was just like, I don't know. There's that lackadaisical feel yeah. of, of him on the ice, and, and and that kind of bothers me. Like, I mean, and, and and you'll know what I'm talking about, Marty. When Goudreau, when Goudreau puts that effort in, like, and and, and to me, he <clears> has <throat> been. It just it it's been a little bit of bad puck luck, and of course, the team around yeah. him uh, when it comes to Goudreau. But at least you see a little bit more uh, juice from him, if you yeah. will, as compared to Line a. And it's just, I think we're in a really, really bad spot right now with Line a. And I think it spoke volumes that the, the, the one out of the two that they sat was Line a. And I actually looked at Goudreau's time on ice the last game. They, they laid the hammer down on his ice time. Really? He was around this like 18, 18 and a half. Goudreau played 24 minutes the last game. So they like either double shifted him here and they're trying to get him going like it's no one's business right now. And they are trying everything. Holy crap. Like he had a he had, he had about a six minute jump from from his basically his average the whole year to what he played last game. Oh my God. So the guy's getting I'll tell you what, his AAV are, is 8.7 on this team, and he's got this year and then two years after that. In all honesty, if he doesn't snap out of it this year. I wouldn't be surprised. This this might be his last NHL contract. I could see him going back home after this. I don't know. I don't know as Who's a that? from uh, a line yeah, as another team as a, anybody else out there. Unless you're you're picking, I could see that. Unless you're picking him up for peanuts, which I don't think he would take. He'll go back to Sweden or he'll go back to sorry Finland uh, and play there because he's done here. I could I could I I could see that transpiring. Yeah. I, I, and, and again, if, if, it, if things continue, and again, for me, Marty, listen, we know the skill is there. Yeah. But th- th- there's a commitment that is completely and utterly lacking. Yeah. Like, it's just, and, and if other teams, and, and you and I both know that other teams are seeing exactly oh, what's yeah. going on right now, 
Like, and if this guy's just going to be all pouty until he gets to another team, like, fuck you. Got to pamper you so no you better. play well. Fuck that. Yeah, yeah. There are other yeah, players who's, no who work harder than that, uh, who deserve more chances than you. So get out of the league. We don't need you. No, you know what, Liney? Yeah, we're we're gonna finish off the show. Yeah. Liney, you're done. You're done. You're get out, out of here. <laughs> Thanks to everyone out there for listening. If you are interested in reaching out to us, you can email us at twoguysaleeandsomeguests at gmail.com. You can find our latest episodes on our website at twogalag.com. Or you can follow us on Twitter for all of our info. Our handle is at twogalag. That's the number two, followed by G-A-L-A-G. Thanks for listening, and until next time. <laughs>